Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. It's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Frontgate Land and the Financialist. We are recording in the Lexington Hotel in Jacksonville, Florida. Little irony right there, yeah, right? You can hear the the people getting down. There is a there is a very kind of loud Watford fan right th- right in our eyesight. And well, actually, let me put it this way: there's one loud fan from a voice perspective. Then there's another loud Watford fan from an outfit perspective. Dude is wearing an all gold suit. And then there's and Mark Mora. Mathis. Yes, he is also creeping here. up on us, trying to be quiet. Yeah, drinking his beer. Yeah, we have we have we have quite a studio audience. Um, Derek Terry is also around today of the Cats Ball. Just, just we're the only Mark. totally sober people in this place. That's true as well. Um, so we got to talk about a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, I, I think honestly, the least topic we'll discuss is the game that was actually played because we're going to discuss that. We talked latest on PJ Washington, um, latest on UK's opponent Wofford in the next game. A quick Nick Richards update. Kyle's going to preview a little, an awesome story that he's he's going to attempt to finish up <laughs> before this yes, weekend. I'm going to uh, yeah, the next um, five hours before the sun comes up. But let's start with PJ Washington. It was this was wild because Kyle and I recorded the last edition of the podcast, and then I had to do the disclaimer at the top because uh, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm I'm mixing up things because that was the other piece of news. Calipari did the UCLA. He debunked that rumor as well. After we recorded. Yes. After we recorded. So I'll read that as well in a second. But let's, I'm gonna, trying to get to P.J. Washington here. Um, so early on game day morning, someone sent me a tweet. And it said, what is on P.J.'s foot in this video of Aston Haggins from Instagram Live? And I was like, oh, that looks like a cast. <laughs> like a full hard cast, not a walking boot. And so I texted it to some people and i'm that would know and i was like what's going on here and uh we were informed that yes pj was put in a hard cast i was told that john calipari did not lie yesterday when he spoke to the media but when he was talking pj was not in the hard cast at that time he was at the specialist i think yeah that's the reason he wasn't at the arena yesterday and so that's why that that just kind of came out of nowhere um, so quickly, I will read what John Calipari said on PJ Washington after the game. He said, the option was a boot or the cast. The cast would speed up healing, so he said, put on the cast. Whether they'll take it off tomorrow to check it, I don't know. If they don't, he won't play Saturday. And then we'll probably try to take it off Tuesday or Wednesday of next week and see how the foot feels. Everything was negative as far as x-rays. It was a sprained foot. So they just want to keep it calm, so that's what it is. Um, John Clay of the Lexington Herald Leader overheard, I mean, he wasn't like eavesdropping, but he walked by Calipari when he's doing an ESPN interview, and basically he implied on that broadcast that he didn't think P.J. Washington would play on Saturday. I mean, I'm re- almost reading the exact same thing in this statement yeah. that he made on the podium. Um, Kyle, I mean, this is going to potentially be a huge loss, as we kind of discussed on the last edition of the show. It is, I would say though, that uh, if Kentucky was choosing between the two teams playing tonight, who they were going to have to play without P.J. Washington, it's Wofford. Now, they're dangerous. 
Uh, they hit a bunch of threes. They hit 13 threes tonight. Fletcher McGee hit like he's like, like 506 threes now. Some Not crazy. in one game. That would yeah. be a record. He hit seven tonight. Um, seven out of 12. And hit a crazy one. Like Fletcher McGee is no joke. Yep. He apparently practices. He's been trying to perfect a perfect unguardable shot, he said. And he, he practices that. The, he had a crazy, twisting, th- like, fall away three in the corner that rattled around and down that basically broke the game for, for Wofford. And he said he shoots 30 to 50 of those a day. That's wild. Um, but so they're dangerous uh, as three point shooters. But Kentucky can, you know, they can out physical, out size, out athlete Wofford more so than they would have been able to do against a Seton Hall team that. Even when PJ Washington had what was like twenty nine and fifteen in that game, one of his yes. best games of the year, yes. they still lost it overtime. So if, if Kentucky was picking a game to play of the two, they would have picked Wofford. Um, but back to PJ Washington. But it is it is a loss. Um, I think it. I mean, I would be shocked if he plays. He's rolling around on a scooter tonight. He had the the hard cast and the boot on tonight. Um, and he said, apparently on the broadcast, obviously we didn't see the broadcast, but it uh, was reported by the sideline reporter that he said his pain was a 10, a out, 10 out of 10, yeah. which is, um, no PJ, you've never had a 10 out of 10 pain or you wouldn't have left <laughs> yeah. the room. Like, yes, if anybody, you know, has ever had like been in the hospital or yeah, that, that, that kind of like, <laughs> dude, every, every, yeah. well, every once in a while I get a reminder how young and dumb these guys are. I don't mean that as a knock on no, right. just the, the pain tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but foot, anyway, foot injury, I've, I've, I've seen my wife in several medical emergencies yes, in the last exactly. uh, two years, uh, and have children, twin emergency C-section children, and then several other procedures since then. She's had some 10 out of 10. Yes. But, uh, you know, you wonder there too, if it's like, okay, people are going to question me because I'm not playing and I'm in this protective thing and they're protecting me because you, you already see Kentucky fans on Twitter saying like well back in back in my day you know uh, Jeff Shepard they stayed up all night and iced his ankle and he came back was it Jeff Shepard that did that I mean I get it but look Jeff Shepard also wasn't worth 18 million dollars and no. PJ is and you don't play on a foot that you can break or whatever um, but I think there's some of that maybe like if you're on national television and you know people are already questioning your toughness, yes, and they, and they say rate your pain, and you say six, then they say, yeah. why aren't you playing? I think if you're not playing, you feel like you should say ten. So yeah. I almost sort of give him a pass on saying ten. I would say ten if I was not being if I was not playing in a game. I would say ten. Uh, but he said what? I think she also asked him like what? How much do you want to play? And he said a hundred. You know, one to ten, a hundred. Some of the players in the locker room said that, like, the whole time during the game, he was saying, like, I want to be out here. I want to be out here. Um, I'm sure he wants to play. Yeah, he does. But I I don't have any question that, like, PJ doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to break his foot and lose his fortune. That he's, like, the whole reason he came back and, like, all the work he's done was to put himself in a better position. You don't screw yourself out of that. You get healthy first and then play. Um... I think they can get through this weekend without him. And if you weren't going to play him tonight, and it's questionable for the next game, just sit him out. I, I, now, it's easy to say now, if they do that and they lose, then yeah. it'll always be known as the, you know, why didn't PJ play probably game. Yeah. But look, if you are Kentucky with 
seven other remaining former five-star recruits. Well, and you can't beat Wofford. I'm sorry, like you. That's not PJ Washington's fault. Yeah. If all those dudes on Kentucky's roster cannot beat Wofford, yeah, you're right. Then, then like, you they failed. Not PJ Washington. Like, if you can't beat Wofford. There's not one guy on the Wofford roster that Kentucky would have even blinked an eye at in the recruiting process. You got nine dudes that are eight dudes that are better than every, like in physical size, stature, and raw athleticism, better than everybody on the roster, including Fletcher McGee. Yes. I'm not saying better players. He's a great player. But come on. Beat Wofford without P.J. Washington. And then, you know, that buys you so many more days, too. Yeah. Because you do that at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, and you don't have to play it. I mean, I don't even know. Is it a, is it a Friday, Sunday, or Saturday? I think it's Thursday, a Friday. Saturday. I think it's a Friday. See, now that's even a bigger deal. So now you get from Saturday, and you conceivably don't have to get him doing anything on the court, probably if you're going to play him till Wednesday. Get a light practice in and a, and a walkthrough and play him. Yep. Yep. I mean, if you can buy an injured guy's foot. Five more days. You should do that. Yes. And despite your reports on Twitter, there is no thoughts of amputation. <laughs> of I just sprayed Diet Coke all over myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Kyle was talking about cutting off the hard cast, uh, or cutting something off, he meant the hard cast. Because some people are like, well, when I broke my arm when I was in third grade, you know, I put a hard cast on, I couldn't get it off Eight for three weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's a very different scenario. And I saw it. Like, I think, yeah, it just, it's a very easy process. They slip right on and off. All right, coming up next, uh, I do want to mention DJ's mode of transportation, and we're going to get some uh, some thoughts on on Wofford and what their, what their coach had to say after the game and some other things along that line. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Front Gate Land Management. If you are in the market to buy or sell land, lease to a reliable tenant, or uncover a possible revenue stream on your property, let Frontgate Land Management help. Owner Josh Tongate is a licensed realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Service Professional Realty and a UK alum. Give him a call at 859-962-9955 or visit FrontgateLand.com. They have the contacts to help connect the dots in agriculture. Frontgateland.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. PJ Washington had a pretty awesome scooter. It was like a souped-up scooter. It wasn't like the normal ones, which is the regular wheels. I'm pretty sure maybe that's like the Florida version of this scooter where it might have to go into like some swampland or something. Because the tires on that were, were bigger than the ones on my, my SUV. Kelvin Johnson called it like an off-roading scooter. <laughs> he did. He did. Apparently, Ashton Hagen was, like, flying around on it uh, at the team hotel. Uh, I mean, that's another thing. We're talking about him being young and, and dumb, like, just being goofy kids and riding a stupid little scooter around. They probably think it's a fun toy. Someone told me that it wasn't a, another player, but that coming out of the locker room, PJ almost ran some ran up somebody's leg, the back of their leg, and, like, would have definitely broken their leg. That would be Not bad. another player, but still, yes. PJ Washington snaps fan's leg in half. <laughs> On scooter, <laughs> while not being tough and playing in the NCAA tournament, APJ hey, hey, literally slow your roll. Be a villain. Oh my gosh! Um, speaking of injuries, real quick, Nick Richards took a really tough tumble. You know, he stayed in the game. Uh, he was way up high in the sky, 
and fell down. Uh, and we talked to him after the game. He said he's okay. It was probably one of those scenarios. Again, I feel like I forget who did it a couple games ago. We were talking about it. Um, where it's kind of a deal where you're more scared than hurt when you come down um, from that kind of height. So he's all good to go. Uh, so that's obviously a positive because you can't lose another another front court piece. Uh, I did want to mention real quick, uh, I talked to Reed Travis after the game, and I got the interview posted on my timeline and uh, BigBlueInsider.com about like the, the oddity of you just seeing speculation on your injury. Because, you know, he's basically in the same shoes as P.J. Washington a couple weeks ago, where everyone's like, well, I heard, you know, a, a knee sprain in uh, the way Reed Travis put it. He goes, there's a lot of doctors out there. Yes. <laughs> and it was like with a wink when they're not really doctors, they're just people that have wet ND and are trying to diagnose things uh, from their couch. So that, that was a, a really a kind of fun thing. But let's jump into Wofford, because they beat Seton Hall. It looked like it was going to be a fantastic game. Kyle, I, I went out and saw the second half of the second half, and then you joined me when it was a tie game, yep. and all of a sudden Wofford I came running out there in case yeah. it was a crazy finish, and it sort of was a crazy finish. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a close finish. Yes. I mean, I think Wofford hit five threes in a row. I think, I think they hit four threes in a row and hit six shots in a row yeah. or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, the, the one little dude hit a couple, like, just totally onions right in, the, right in your grill threes from the wing. One, he, like, shot faked and, and lost his dude and buried it. But the, the one I was talking about earlier, Fletcher McGee, in the corner, was just, like, twisting corkscrew three in the corner, and it rattled down. And, and his coach was saying that the Wofford coach was awesome in the locker room. He was all fired up. Yes, I mean, it's the first NCAA tournament win in their history. Um, and they've had some close calls. Um, but he was saying, like, a lot of times he all he needs is, like, a, a look. Just, like... He needs to make you know see a look on, on for McGee, and he's good with whatever shot he takes. Like he doesn't think there, there's really a bad shot. Basically, mm-hmm. um, it's I'm, it's going to be really interesting to see how they defend him because if you can stop him, you can almost say let, let everybody else on that roster do yeah. whatever they want because when McGee goes off is when they have a chance to. McGee to finished with 24 points, um, and all of his field goals were three pointers. Uh, yeah. Overall, Wofford hit 13 of 28 threes. Yeah. Um, it was really impressive. Yeah, they had the, the second kid had four, I think. Four uh, yeah, you're talking about Nathan Hoover. Yes. He had 18 total points, and uh, Hoover doesn't suck. No. <laughs> Unlike the vacuum. Um, other, the other thing that is going to be interesting in this game on Saturday is kind of the fan participation. Obviously, neutral crowd will lean towards Wofford, um, and Wofford showed up big time. Um, in this game, in all honesty, from a like, uh, just how loud they were, they were probably they had the a best, big section. Yeah, they were the best of all all four groups in the in the evening session. So uh, that that's really something that, to keep an eye on. And there's some fun storylines. Um, uh, Coach Young from Wofford said that he saw Reed Travis play as a eighth grader. Yes, because um, recruiting guys from his high school and his brother and tried his to brother, get his yeah. brother. And so like they have a apparently kind of have a relationship with just. An interesting dynamic as well. Um, um, uh, the point guard, um, Storm Murphy. Yeah, great. They got some great names Storm. on this. They got some great names from Wisconsin. He knew yeah. Tyler That's Hero. Right. Yeah, yeah. And said he did not get nearly the hate that Tyler. <laughs> I asked him, "Did you get the same kind of hate that Tyler Hero got for leaving Wisconsin?" And he was like, "No, I didn't." But he like he was very aware of all the like he said like at the high school gyms when yeah. he would go to. There was a big story about that on Bleacher Report this week. Yes, yeah, sounds right. Um, 
of all the hate that he got in these gyms, they would bring like toy snakes and you know just hound him. And apparently, they spray painted his house and yard. And, uh, Did I mention it on the last podcast when I was talking to Hero? Wait, was that today? Was that today or just? I, um, it's hard to know. We were, well, well, anyway, you were on re- radio or the podcast well, or what day of the week? It. I'll, I'll just retell it because. Um, so I, I asked. It's like the just such a standard question I asked Hero about like memories, NCAA memories of you growing up. Would you watch? He goes, uh, well, obviously the uh, 2015 Final Four, of Kentucky and Wisconsin, and I was like. Who are you rooting for? Who'd you root for? <laughs> and he just, he just, he just like all of a sudden he like got kind of red and like had this big smile and just laughed. He goes, oh, I just wanted to see the game. <laughs> it was pretty clear. Tyler, Tyler Hero was rooting for Wisconsin, but yeah, <laughs> that was, that was kind of a funny moment there. Um, anything else that kind of stuck out to you in the post game Kentucky locker room um, today? Uh, yeah, one thing, uh, you know, as they're trying to deal with the loss of PJ Washington. I, one of the things I started thinking about, and one of the things I'm, I'm going to write about, is you know a lot of guys come to Kentucky. All these guys come to Kentucky. They sacrifice a piece of their game. I mean, Reed Travis when he was at Stanford, he got 19 and 10 every night, and he hasn't had to do that here. He's you know 14 and six or seven. Well, he can still get. I mean, the guy was getting 19 and 10 every night in the in the Pac-12. And he was the guy that was throw the ball to Reed Travis and get out of the way. And, you know, he played DeAndre Ayton last year, number one pick in the draft. He played him twice, and I think he averaged like 25 and 10. He, had, he can do that. And we forget that. Like, what are they going to do without P.J. Washington? They're an all-conference player. Well, they got another one. Yeah. It was a two-year all-conference player. He also was a McDonald's All-American. He's the most physically grown dude on the team. And... I asked Reed about that tonight, and he said, uh, Emmanuel quickly actually said in the shoot-around, we need Stanford Reed Travis. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and Reed liked that, you know, he thought it was kind of cool. And, and that was what, you know, that's what Emmanuel said. We all we all came here having had a ton of individual success. Yeah. And so if, if at any given time one of us or some of us have to do more than we're doing, we can't because we've done it before somewhere else. And that's what I guess I would say to people that are totally freaked out about PJ is they got a bunch of other dudes. Kelvin Johnson, we haven't, we haven't even mentioned <laughs> Kelvin Johnson. He played great tonight. Yes. He scored, what, 25? Did he score more than 25? Uh, yeah, uh, he was in the 20s. Hit some threes. He's a guy that they've experimented with at the four. Johnson finished with 25 points. Yeah, and he hit three threes. Three threes. Uh, Reed Travis had 18 and nine. Um, easily in that game. Tyler um, Hero had 14 points, and they all, did they all come in the first half? All but two. He had, yeah. he had 12 in the first half. And I think in the second half, it was mainly just because they were giving it to Calvin Johnson. I mean, Hero had 10 in like the first 10 minutes, yeah, and he was, was like 5 of 6 from the field. It was a it was an impressive run um, that they had. So everybody played really well. I mean, it doesn't. The Abilene wasn't going to put up much of a, a fight. No, um, they did not. Uh, what did they end up winning by? 32? 35. 35. 79 to 44, if we have not mentioned the we final. We have not before. mentioned the final. Um, it's probably the least important thing we'll mention on this podcast. But, no, I, I just, I think, you know, Keldon, if you play a bigger team, they didn't need to do it tonight. Yes. Yeah. But if you play a bigger team, Keldon can play the four. They have they experimented with it throughout the season. They used it some when Pete, when Reed was out. Um, and Nick, Nick Richards told me yesterday, before we knew that PJ would definitely be out. That they had worked worked that very hard for two days. Yeah. Uh, Keldon at the four. Yeah. And then you've got 
Tyler Hero and Emmanuel Quickly both on the wing. And that's a good lineup. Yes, you it is. You can score fine with that lineup. If you have Keldon Johnson on a traditional four-man who's 6'8", 240, you pull his big rear end out away from the basket and drive on him. And, and I, asked Keldon, I asked Keldon about that tonight. He said, I don't think there's any four-man that can guard him. That, you know, I think he's probably right. Do you think P.J. Washington can guard him? Yeah, P.J. might. Um, he's a four-man. But that's the thing, too. Like, You could look at Keldon Johnson like a two-inch shorter P.J. Washington. Well, that's the thing that... um. Everybody, that was why everyone freaked out in the oh, one video because they, they confused about who it was. PJ's dressed for practice. I'm like, no, let's kill him, Johnson. <laughs> I saw that blow up on social media. <laughs> but he is. He's, he's like a two inch shorter PJ Washington. I mean, he's like two inch shorter freshman year PJ Washington. Yeah, that's, well, that's pretty accurate. Can you, if I can't, if it comes to that, if you can't beat Washington, everything else you still got, I don't know what to tell you. All right, coming up next, we're going to let Kyle preview something he's been working on and uh, probably talk about some other stuff. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about the Financialist LLC, which is a locally owned provider of CFO caliber services to small businesses in central Kentucky. Owner Rick Parsons has 25 years of experience helping business owners establish a solid accounting system that will work with you to help maximize profit potential. If you need QuickBooks expertise, help with training a new employee, booking, or day-to-day accounting advice, give him a call at 859-296-9814. Rick is is an accounting professional that thinks like an entrepreneur. A lot of small business owners are excellent at at producing products or services, but need a high-level accounting professional to help them understand their financial statements and how to get the most out of their business. Call 859-296-9814 today to set up a complimentary meeting. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So, Kyle, um, you had a really fun opportunity on game day today. And uh, just share the people what you got to do. Yeah, so pretty excited about it. Hopefully, by the time people listen to this, it's uh, published. But I spent the entire uh, game day with Abilene Christian. I, I Met up with them at 8.30 at their hotel this morning from breakfast all the way through their post-game locker room, basically. They made themselves completely available to me. But I was going to say, it should be noted that they invited you. You didn't just show up and start. Yeah, no, I didn't just show up. I asked. And, and you know, they're exci- I mean, they were so excited to be here. You know, they were Division two six years ago. Then they went through a four-year. I didn't know this. If you transition, you have four yeah. years you cannot play in the tournament. Yeah, in either tournament. You I'm, can't play in Division Two or Division One. Yeah, that's I knew that because of the NKU did it a couple yeah, years Yeah, you're back. in the wilderness. And so this was the second year they were even eligible, and they get in. They won 26 games. Um, their coach is the best friend of Chris Beard, who's the Texas Tech coach, who's a you know, hot guy right now. He was an assistant their coach played at Abilene, and, and Chris Beard was a graduate assistant there. They're best; they're literally each other's best friends, and thinking each other's weddings. Um, and he's this fantastic personality, uh, Joe Golding, and he was totally cool with me being there for everything. I couldn't; I really couldn't believe it. Uh, team meetings, like film breakdown, they were like talking openly in front of me about how they were trying to game plan for Kentucky. Went to their morning shoot-around, shoot-around, then a little practice they had in the middle of the day, their lunch, their dinner, uh, the pregame speech in the locker room, the halftime speech in the locker room, and the postgame speech in the locker room. Um, I was able well, to give us a, a little a something here, Kyle. Fly on the wall. Well, you know, the, cool, the, the thing he kept telling them, well, you know, I think everybody by now knows he coached the game with a hole in his pants. Yeah, hole and, in his uh, butt. Yes, he has one suit, 
only one suit, and he ripped the he ripped a giant hole in the butt of these pants, celebrating on Selection Sunday. Apparently, John Calipari offered to send a tailor to his tailor to fix them. Uh, uh, of course, John he Calipari. Did. I'll fly my tailor all the way to Jacksonville. We'll see if uh, Jeeves can yeah. come across the country. He's currently he's currently <laughs> he's washing my car right now, but. Um, Ellen, fetch me my cell phone. <laughs> yeah, I need my hard-boiled leg and my cell phone. Stat. And our tailor, too. Uh, and also, all these department stores, Nordstrom, uh, the designer Hugo Boss. Um, who else did he tell me? They were like, all these, he said he had like 200 emails, and almost all of them had the subject line, tailor, and the, all these people offering to give him a suit. And he said, like, no. I'm going to dance with the suit that brung me. And so he's got the holy pants. Uh, I get it. He was trying to, yeah, hold their Christian school, got the holy pants. Uh, I like having a laugh track during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got Matt. Our favorite laugh on earth, Mathis over here giggling. Um, but yeah, so like that was like a story, you know, going through the day. Um, he kept saying, he kept saying to the guys all day, like, be us. Just be us. And he, he said, like, he had gathered him at one of their practices and said, you know, I'm going to be coaching with a hole in my butt, which I think every coach ever, unless they had a physical anomaly, was coaching with a hole in their butt. But he had two holes in his butt. Um, you know, and he just kept saying to the guys, like, be us, be us, be us. Uh, and I thought that was kind of cool. Like, you know, he's like, I'm a Division two guy, and the whole point, you know, my whole attitude is we ain't got nothing, we don't need nothing. You know, we're going to succeed how we are uh one detail i guess i'll give away from the story that just floored me well did i already tell you about what they're recruiting you told me yeah yeah that's too bad i can't have you guess oh wait let's reset that um yeah do it get do the ask me the question (laughs) curtis can you guess what abilene christian's recruiting budget is two billion (laughs) dollars no curtis (laughs) Ten thousand dollars. Jeez, I think Kentucky for this year was like six hundred and eighty thousand. Sixty-eight times more. Abilene Christians, yeah, like for every team in the tournament, uh, ten thousand dollars, and and the the coach's bonus for making the NCAA tournament was one thousand (laughs) dollars. And so everybody's like, "Get yourself a new suit with the bonus." He's like, "Well, I would, but it doesn't actually get uh, deposited until June first. You know, the fiscal year." Uh, just I don't know. It's just cool. It was cool to be around a group of guys that this means so much to. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is old. Even for the freshmen at Kentucky, like they, they expected to be here. They came here because they, of course, they're going to go to the tournament. Um, you know, and Kentucky's coaches and their fans, everybody like expects this. Like if they if they lost here, it would be a disaster. Yes, yes. For this it team, it was like everything about here was new and cool and the greatest thing that ever happened. And they couldn't, I mean, they were, they wanted me there because they wanted somebody to chronicle this. You know, they were like, they, they could not have stopped thanking me for being like, giving me the coolest access I could ever have to an NCAA tournament. I, I think it's the most fun I've ever had covering the tournament because it, you never get to see that. Yeah. Like, stand there five feet away from the guy who's giving this tearful. Post game, his post game NCAA tournament speech. It was really neat, and um, you know, I guess the other one other thing I would share that's funny about the story was the, the day they got here to their practice, they went. The coach had said to him, 
I hope you'll put your phones down and take mental pictures. Like, just collect all the memories that you can because this will last for the rest of your life. And they took that a little too literally because they walked into their practice locker room and they started taking everything that was not nailed down and stuffing it into their backpacks. Like, and apparently, like, they don't get free Gatorade and water and snacks. Like, they don't even have cost of attendance at their university. Like, they, they don't feed the players. They have to yeah. feed themselves. They were shoving, like, sports drinks into there. It's not Gatorade. Pottery, body armor is the new. Was it, like, Kobe's sports drink? Yeah. It's the new sponsor of the tournament. They were shoving those in their bag. Water, snack. They were, like, uh, one of the players said he was eyeing the uh, March Madness rug in the uh, locker room, and he was going to try to roll it up and sneak it out on your towel and the coach had to tell him like put put everything back we cannot rob this place because we have to come back here tomorrow so i thought that was pretty funny too it was just it was neat it was neat yeah. to be around somebody that never had been to the ncaa tournament like a program not just yeah. a freshman player at kentucky yep all right um as we noted at the start of the podcast before this one john calipari shot down the rumors um, via a tweet about the UCLA thing, I don't think either of us are super surprised that that's broke that way. We discussed that a lot on the podcast before this one, if you want to go back and listen to this. Uh, two other notes I just want to make. We don't, we don't have time because we're running out to comment on. One, the SEC went 4-0 and in the NCAA tournament today. That's an SEC record for most wins in one day. So we've been harping all year about how the SEC is up, and we've been kind of you know talking about that a lot. And that's been a storyline, and it came true today. So that's, that's something that's... Been really impressive. A couple upsets. I mean, Florida taking out Nevada. And then the other SEC note is Avery Johnson and and Bama are apparently working out a buyout. So Avery Johnson doesn't look like he'll be coaching at Alabama next season. It'll be, as it always is, interesting to keep keep an eye on the coaching carousel, specifically in the SEC, because it sounds like there's going to be quite a few job openings. And it kind of also seems like they might be going after some heavy hitters. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Kentucky. Thanks to the Financialist and... Frontgate Land for sponsoring this edition of the show. Uh, be sure to be following along with all our coverage. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On UK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. I guess probably well, not on the next one, but the one after that, we'll be doing updates on our brackets because Kyle's been so wrong so often. It's going to be amazing. Um, so thanks again to Grassroots Pharmacy for sponsoring that and uh we'll look forward to updating that we will talk again after the game on saturday so stay tuned um follow us both on twitter for in-game coverage i am at curtis birch b-u-r-c-h i have a ton of post-game interviews from both sides of the locker room so you can check those out um follow at kyle tucker underscore a-t-h and read all his stuff on the athletic uh you know that he's told me some of the stuff you got to see in the Abilene Christian locker room and what he's shared was just a tip of the iceberg and some really, really fun stuff. Finally, please rate, please review, please subscribe. All that really helps. Um, we appreciate all the comments. We read them all. And then most importantly, share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy it. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.